This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Give him all the glory, worship his name. Oh, Father, we worship you this morning. We give you praise. We magnify your name. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for the words of life. All the testimonies we give you praise for each one. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Your faithfulness to all generations. Blessed be your name, Father. We worship you. We bless your name. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. All glory to your name. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody shout a loud amen. Louder, please. forevermore amen oh father we bless your name you know the bible says that he has made us kings and priests revelation chapter 1 verse 6 revelation chapter 5 verse 10 he has made us by the time something is repeated twice in the bible it means something serious it's like saying, verily, verily, I say unto you, you are a king and a priest. So the same scripture, the Bible says, and has made us. It's not going to make. <laughs> he has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Go to Revelation 5, 10. The same scripture. And has made us unto our God, kings and priests. This one is beautiful. And we shall reign on earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are called to reign on earth. You are called to reign on earth. Can it be more direct than this? This is what the Bible says. Now we've been talking about uh, priests, priesthood, priestly ministry. You remember? Hallelujah. And this morning I want to add something to it. I want to begin talking about altars and sacrifices. Part one. Are you with me? Because what priests do is to offer sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. Hebrews chapter 8 puts it this way. I want to read it. Hebrews 8. Verse 3. The Bible says, For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. That is the purpose of high priests. Wherefore it's of necessity that this man has somewhat also to offer. Talking about Melchizedek. 
and then Jesus. Every high priest, if we have been made kings and priests, then priests do offer something. Sacrifice. Now, Hebrews 5.1, the same thing. For every high priest is taken from among men, ordained for men, in things pertaining to God, that they might offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. Every high priest is taken from among men. So Jesus Christ has taken you also from among men to be a priest. But then your job is to offer gifts and sacrifices. Mm. <laughs> this is a very heavy stuff I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. Who can have compassion on the ignorance and them that are out of the way? For he himself is compassed with infirmity. This one, this part of part two, part two, this uh, part of verse two will be talked about later, not today, because we are still going back to intercession. The Bible said the purpose of the high priest, he must have mercy on the ignorant and those who go out of the way. If you are always spending time in prayer for other people, you'll spend time in prayers and then you'll pray for other people. If you spend your time praying for other people, you will have compassion on the weak and the ignorant. If you are not very prayerful, you'll be very judgmental. When you hear the way people talk, you know those who spend time praying for the church of Jesus Christ never speak against the church. Those who make noise don't pray nothing. Those who complain about the fall of other Christian brothers don't pray. If you, I show them on Wednesday, how Samuel kept praying for Saul even after Saul disobeyed. God had to tell Samuel that you know what Saul's case is closed. And even when God said so, for this Samuel was mourning. See, if you have invested into a man in prayer, you don't speak lightly of that kind of person. If something happens in any church, those who are the pillars of that church who pray, they go into hibernation praying. Those who are islands, they start talking. And then they... And the body of Christ has many islands. They are all over our social media. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Every high priest... Because the Bible says he considers the fact that himself he has infirmities. Hallelujah. Amen. But then he offers gifts and sacrifices. What is it about altars and sacrifices? Essentially, there are four types of sacrifices. But that is not where we intend to start from. The first thing. I want to call your attention to is that why are altars very important to God? So important that there are altars in heaven. Revelation chapter 8 verse 3. I want us to read. Then I will also ask us to sit. Revelation 8 3. Hallelujah. Look at what the Bible says. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having golden censer, and there was given to him much incense that should offer within the prayers of the saints. Maybe we'll get to that. But an angel came from the altar. Now, this event is taking place in heaven. Revelation 9, 13. So, there is an altar, even in heaven. Why? And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard the voice of the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. So, before the throne of God, there is an altar. 
What is God doing with an altar? And why are altars necessary or not? Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> are you with me? I'm actually... Uh, let's, let, let me read also so that uh, we can... We will look at all these ones in detail later. But let's just read. Exodus 20, 24. Exodus 20, 24. This tells the purpose of an author or not. An altar is a place of intersection where God, where divinity meets with humanity. There is something about God coming through an altar that is reared up for him. Now the Bible says, an altar of sound thou shalt make unto me and shall sacrifice, this is God talking to Moses, thy burnt offerings, thy peace offering, thy sheep, thy oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come to thee and bless you. There is, in all the scriptures we are going to be considering, there are hidden important points. Altars are not erected everywhere and anywhere. The Bible said to the place, I shall name. Then he said, when it is done, I'm going to bless you. When I see an altar, I will come to you. I will bless you. When I see an altar, I will come to you. Hallelujah. So let's start. Remember, where we are going is to f the fact that every New Testament Christian is an altar. But <laughs> anyway, are you with me? Numbers 23. When I see an altar, I will come to you and bless you. So a few men understood this in the Bible. And one of them was Balak. Who was a prophet who had missed his way uh, or who missed his way along the line now the bible says balaam when they called balaam so balak was the king balaam was the prophet they both sound alike balak balaam they are both bad guys <laughs> you know it's very similar to bad balaam balak so balak hired balaam ah jesus said the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. Can I begin to get ahead of myself by saying that you are as strong as the altar that is your life. And the attack against you will be as strong as the altar the attack is coming from. I'm not teaching, I'm not a deliverance minister, we are word of it, but I want to explain certain things from the Bible that people should understand. Jesus said the children of Israel were wiser. As soon as the Israelites were coming from Egypt and they were conquering lands and conquering lands, at least Balak had enough sense that you don't fight in the physical when you have not fought in the spirits. Hey, is somebody with me? Balak understood the fact that a victory in the physical is first of all won in the spirit. Are you hearing me? So, he did not straight away get his army to go and fight Israel. He asked them, if these people are not conquered spiritually, I cannot conquer them physically. Most sicknesses are spiritual. Sometimes when you are down inside, that is when you become down outside. 
this is one of the reasons why you hardly fall sick when they tell you that in 30 days they are going to give you 10 billion naira, come and collect it those 30 days will be as healthy as palm tree if you are sick in between that is the IAs at work because a joyful art is like a medicine are you following me are you getting what I'm saying praise the Lord you know that the heart is very connected to the state of your body the state of your heart do you know that if they tell you that tomorrow the president of America is, is has sent for you and that you should come to America tomorrow and they are going to give you 10 million dollars and then they give you you are going to stay in America they give you apartment and everything do you know that you are likely not to sleep tonight if you are leaving tomorrow morning and do you know that on your way you will not be tired your eyes will be wide open in the night then time will look so long you want tomorrow to come now you are tossing to and fro on your bed thinking about 10 million dollars but then you wake up you jack up out of your bed dress up and go and you are not feeling anything hallelujah are you with me <laughs> are you <laughs> thank you lord jesus hey. so balaam called them he called so he asked that look there is something supernatural about these people. And if I'm going to fight them, this is how we fight. Even Goliath understood this. Before he fought David, the Bible says he cursed David by the name of his God. When you don't win spiritually, you might not win physically. So Balaam said, Balak said, there's no point fighting these people until something happens first. Can you get me a guy whose words can do a damage in the spirits when i bring them down then i will fight so they told him that there is a soothsayer a prophet a dibia whatever called balaam that his words are as strong as the words of god if he causes anybody they are caused he said please and he sent officials go and get that guy now two things happened at first he rejected it then later he decided to come with them so when he got to where they wanted him to exercise that sorcery, the first thing he asked them to do, he said, build me an altar. Now, Numbers 23. Let's start from there. And we look at one or two examples more. And Balaam said to Balak, in other words, what you want me to do? You want me to use the power of God on me to curse these people? Number one, power must be activated before it, is, before it can produce. Every form of power is always in latent form until it is activated by voice via sacrifice. Did you hear what I've just said? Say amen. Is somebody alive this morning? That is why when they give a person's picture to a native daughter, he just doesn't receive the picture and the person dies. He looks at the picture and he begins to say something. Usually they ask for the name of the person and things that they can connect and begin to speak. Because spirits respond to words. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. So Balaam said, what you want me to do is possible. But it is done through a particular technology. He said, build me seven altars and prepare seven oxen and seven rams. Verse 2. And Balak did as Balaam had spoken. 
and Balak and Balaam offered on every altar a bullock and a ram. Verse 3 is very interesting. And Balak said to Balaam, so Balaam said to Balak, you stay here. This is as far as you can go. Stand by your offering. I will go. He said, Paraventure, the Lord will come and meet me. Remember when we read in Exodus? Can you remember? Exodus 20 24. If you erect an altar, he said, You do an altar of earth. I will explain the significance of those things. No more. He said, An altar has to be an altar of the earth. And then he warned again in verse 26, There must not be steps on the altar. That was what God told them, the blueprints. Now we come back to that. Then he said, If I told you are not using earth, if you are using stone, it must be a stone that nobody has ever walked on. Metal must have not touched the stone. It must be a raw stone. There is a reason for all these things. Are you following? Holy Spirit, help somebody to get this. Sometimes I'm praying and some words are coming to me. What happened last night? I just lost conscious of that. I was praying and there's some words come. Let me tell one of the things that I'm going to share. I want to tell everybody listening to me. It is not the things that God, it's not only about doing what God asks you to do. It's about doing what God asks you to do the way he says you should do it. You might be given the most potent drug, medicine. It might not work if you don't follow prescription. When you have malaria and they tell you that take two in the morning and two in the night, if you take one in the morning, it might not work. There is nothing wrong with the drug. There is nothing wrong with the doctor, but there is everything wrong with how you have applied it. Many things of the spirit are that way. It's not that Christians, actually in Nigeria and all over the world, don't do some things. Many times they don't do it the way God says they should do it. That is the problem. Hebrews 12, 28. Let us receive grace to serve God in an acceptable manner. It's not only about serving him, it's about serving him in an acceptable. I when I was in the university, or when I just left university, I was such an ardent giver. But I wasn't separating tights. My father gave me school fees. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, my uh, uh, just allocate allowance, not school fees, allowance. And I took the whole allowance and I gave everything to my fellowship. People will come to me that I have more than I will give. And I saw that I was not getting results financially. I met a lady in Abuja, I will never forget. We're dating, we broke up, but at least she taught me something. Adana. And she told me, she was the one that I said, drew something, painted it. And her mom's boss saw it. I said, who made this thing? And the mom's boss said, ah, it's very nice. How much? And she jokingly said, a marker of 2,000 era. She used to draw. She said 200,000 or something like that. I can't remember the exact amount. And the man said, okay. And the man took the portrait and gave her the money. The following day, or a week after or thereabouts, the man's friend came to the office and saw the person. Ah, this portrait is very nice. Who made that? I said, my, my secretary's daughter. And he said, can she make one for me? And she said, because this one is on a request. I think she doubled the amount. And the man did also. I used to see her control money cheapishly. And she told me one day, she said, I've noticed you, you give a lot. He said, but you are very disorderly about how you give. He said, tight is tight. It's not for the poor. Charity is different from tight. Is somebody hearing me? Now, this is not part of the message. This is coming from my spirit to you. 
the joy of every genuine pastor is to see that the people are fed spiritually growing spiritually living the life of christ and even physically they are fine many christians it's not where we many people financially we do what we think we should do we don't check the bible what the bible says we should do do not many christians all over the world when they call for giving in church some give their titles they give it you one of the laws Deuteronomy 22 or so where people i don't know why the only one who took out of that was a, a woman must not wear what pertains to a man that is the lesson and jesus are there with a the number one there are many ramifications to that nobody wore trousers in those days hope you know they were wearing free, free ground to call trousers a woman's clothes now that was what, what the bible was saying then nobody was wearing trousers then and when you say a woman's trousers different from a man's trousers and don't you have eyes are you following what i'm saying can you wear a woman's trousers some lady are here can you can a man if a man wears what they are wearing there's a problem we call for deliverance for you because they don't show our trousers the same way so anyway i don't want to create trouble you know the last one i shared on this a, a newspaper a news uh, online news took it out people like controversies that's my highest video i think there are almost five hundred thousand views now because somebody took it out and made it look as if i was talking against pastor kumi and i don't do that i'll just share in our church about this thing there are many so all of you many of you watching me and many of you that are here if i ask you to defend why you are not covering your hair you cannot defend it you are not covering your hair because you are in a church where they are not covering their hair supposing i'm leading you astray if i ask you to defend why you wear by trust as a christian you cannot defend it you just do it because we do it here how long shall you live like that not have conviction from the word of god So should I set you free? But not today. <laughs> I'm saying that don't do things because others do it. Find the reason in the word of God so that you can defend yourself from the Bible. Let me get what I've just said. One of the scriptures in that place, the Bible said that you must not sow your ground with different types of seed. Mixed farming. And I think in terms of say people do that. So somebody, when they announce a need, he gives his title instead of, that, that's a gross misconduct. Somebody is broke around you, somebody is poor. You are doing what is good, but you are doing it in a wrong way. I don't want to go into all these things. There is a purpose for every giving we are asked to do. There is what giving to the poor does to you. There are promises attached to that in the Bible. There is what giving of tithe. Tithe is not a law thing. Abraham did it before the law. It's a big controversy on social media by men who just. But I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't respond to anybody. Let a man be fully persuaded inside. But I've got the lives of those who say and those who don't. I know churches who say that no, we don't do it, and I know where they are. The strongest church on tithe is Southern Baptist in America. The highest number of missionaries in the world are sent by the Baptist or the same Baptist. Check those who talk that way. They are just a, trying to attack what they have known and check what they do. Nothing. I know quite a number of them. But the argument can last you forever. But I'm telling you, the most important, what I'm actually emphasizing today is that find out where each thing belongs. Just like there are different types of prayer and one does not make up for another. Intercession is different from supplication. Supplication is different from request. Request is different from giving of thanks. And they are all prayers. First Timothy 2.1. I saw first of all, supplication. Inter 
Paul wouldn't mention them if they were the same. And one of the reasons why many prayers are not being answered is that you, you say you cannot go and be applying long tennis rule in football. In basketball, if it touches your leg, it's foul. In football, if it touches your hand, it's foul. Yet there are sports and they both deal with ball. You do get that. Both table tennis and long tennis are both tennis. But they don't go by the same, they don't count the same way. God uses physical things to teach us spiritual lessons. That prayers also are not the same. There is a way to pray for people, there is a way to pray for yourself. There is general prayer, there is corporate prayer, there is individual prayer. Some things you will not get it by praying by yourself. You have to join other Christians to pray. Say amen. There is a place of corporate prayer, there is a place of individual prayer. Or what there's nothing you ask God that I will not do for but it demands at times to pray with other Christians. It has some place. I just I just shared with people here. So when the pastor talks, I, I don't do that often. When the pastor talks about the first, I told them what the first two months after that or next eight weeks, people will respond and then they start again. I've always asked that when we believers be convinced convinced of what is right and stick to it. If I talk about importance of prayer, prayer meeting will swell the next week. And then it will start. <laughs> Why are you an emergency Christian? Are you following me? Anyway, let's let me end this way. Don't worry, just introduction. You are going to live long, right? Uh-huh, so we have enough time to look at the message. <laughs> God will keep all of us. <laughs> I will, I'm, I'm going to continue the second service. I am calling your attention. So Balaam said to Balak, "Now let's just wrap up with Balaam, and then maybe I will look at Abraham. Go back to that uh, uh, number twenty-three, verse three. And Balaam says, stand here. Let me see if the Lord will come and meet me. And the Bible says, if you prepare an altar, I will come and meet you and bless you. This guy was not even in Israel. He was walking in perfect disobedience. Yet this principle, I have a lot to say about altars. And This principle, the one that God told not to go and he went and an angel nearly killed him on the way. What affinity does God, why, why does God have this affinity for sacrifice? Look at verse 4. A guy in disobedience and God met Balaam. Ayah. Yet we are Christians washed by the blood of Jesus, waiting for God to meet with them, and He has not met with them. This guy went after greedy reward. But there is something as if God can resist it. He told Balak that I know the protocol. Build seven altars. If it is seven, number of complete, God will come. And he told the guy, stay here. I want to take a step further. And the Bible said, God came down. The same God that was going to kill him some hours before came down and God said, and he said to God, he reminded God what he said, I have prepared seven altars. That was the first thing he said to God. I said, this guy understood that this thing catches God's attention. Maybe he was afraid because God was going to kill him some minutes ago. So before God would decide to kill him again, he just mentioned, I say, you know what? I have the altar say, seven, seven. <laughs> and I have offered upon every altar a bullock and a ram. Verse five. And the Lord put a warrior. <laughs> ah, this thing.
this is when I read some things, even they make me sad. And some Christians are waiting for a word from God and they are not receiving. Where is the problem? What is the problem? And the Lord put a word in his mouth and said, Return. And this is what you should say. Now, spiritual things are very powerful. God never, never allowed Balaam at that level to speak against his own people. You know, God could have said that, well, say whatever you want to say, it will not come to pass. Many people know that God does not operate that way. I told them on Wednesday, your lineage can accelerate you or slow you down. Except certain laws are brought in, and this is one of such. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. I... God didn't say, say whatever they are my people, it will never come to pass. God said, no. Oh boy, don't curse them. Oh. Go and say this to them. And this happened three times. The first time when God turned into blessing, I started blessing them, the king got angry. I said, I told you to come and curse people, now you are blessing them. Then the king took him to another place, another direction. And he said, the protocols are still the same. Give me another seven altar here, I will bring that God down again. He said the first time God told me to bless them, after giving me the word, God went back. The presence had disappeared. He said, but if you construct another seven altars, we'll bring God down again. And it happened again. It happened three times. When they tried to cause again, God turned into blessing. He said, another direction. They took to another part of the mountain. He said, again, this is still the protocol. Now, for this thing to have happened three times without anyone failing, it means that there is a statement beside an altar Something about an altar that attracts God. Second Samuel 24. I'll end this with, with this one. Second Samuel 24. You remember when Elijah called down fire? The prophet of Baal cried and cried from morning till evening. Nothing happened. The first thing Elijah did was to repair the altar of the Lord. When he finished repairing the altar, one cry, fire fell. Oh, Shh. this will get me into second service of what Jesus said. Jesus made a very, very powerful statement in Matthew 23 19. He said that what is more important is it the gift on the altar or the altar? He said it is the altar that sanctifies the gifts. In other words, is it the giving or your understanding of the altar? It will affect, in other words, your revelation about the altar will affect the result of what you put on the altar. Are you following me? Remember where we are going. Where we are going is the fact that you, as a believer, you are an altar. I. If all I say is Jesus, Jesus. Second Samuel 24. Let's start from around verse 16. Oh, if all I say is Jesus, Son of the living God, is more So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel from morning even till time appointed. And there died of the people from down to Bathsheba 70,000 men. When David numbered the people and God was angry. And then the people started dying. Go to verse 18. Or maybe we'll start from 
And God, so the angel got to Jerusalem and stretched his sword over Jerusalem. Now, God was a man who understood what Balaam understood also. And God just came to David and he said that, boy, this angel will finish all of you. Except to do something. The Bible says, and God came that day to David and said to him, go up and rear an altar unto the Lord. They saw the angel at the threshing floor of Arona. Some people just looked up. Arona ran away. Children ran away. They just saw one mighty beam stretching sword. Ah! When God heard, he had understanding. The Bible didn't even say God said to God. God just knew that this is what to do. He just went to him and said, oh boy, my Lord, your excellency, this guy will kill everybody. He said, go to where that, dim, that angel is standing and do something. He said, go and rear an altar unto the Lord. Verse 19. And David, according to the saying of God, went up as the Lord commanded. God must have read it somewhere in the scripture. Maybe he read Exodus 20, 24. That God will come now. Of course, God now told, Aaron now told David that, you know what? I can see the angel also. Take the land for free and sacrifice. David said, no. I will never give to God what will cost me nothing. Ah. How many of us pray only when it is convenient? I'll come to that. Verse 25. Or verse 26. Okay, verse 25. Thank you. Verse 25. Thank you. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offering and peace offering. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed. What is it with God and altar and sacrifice? He said that we offer to God what costs me nothing. There are four types of sacrifices under the new testament or we can draw from the old but that is established in the new because we are not called to burn animals and all those things the bible talks about the sacrifice of praise there is a sacrifice of prayer there is sacrifice of seed the most important is the sacrifice of yourself your body romans 12 says i appeal therefore brethren by the minds of god to present your body as a living sacrifice that is the highest level actually all the first three will make sense when the fourth one is in place before your give to god your life to god then whatever you give to him catches fire oh this is where i intend to start from second service the meaning of the fact that when abraham wanted to sacrifice isaac at Genesis 22 verse 9 the woods were laid in order that word is very important, order now when Elijah was going to call down fire the woods were laid you see in your house apart from the fact that you yourself the presence of God dwells in you you can sanctify a place maybe just one corner where you sit to pray check through the bible god reckons with places abraham once got to bethel and erected an altar there and he left bethel almost 40 years after jacob just passed a night in bethel and he saw a ladder there are places to get to 
there was a man of God that Benin took to his prayer room and something happened to the man there. You can honor God and sanctify a place in your house. If you are praying there regularly, something happens to that place. And when you come there, you will receive a word from God regularly. A program, a church can decide and make a, a, an event, an altar, that when we come together, the power of God touches us through it and there is one that coming up. They made the announcement on, on Saturday, by the grace of God, 7 o'clock this Saturday, every last Saturday of the month ends forth in this church will be a time of worship, prayer and then there will be ministrations by the spirits sometimes when I'm preaching on Sunday I get a few words of knowledge here and there there is a way to connect to make it better, the spirit of the prophet Sunday, in a teaching meeting the spirit can just touch people but in a meeting of prayer and worship there is more room for the Holy Spirit to move and they will be taking testimonies also every last Saturday of the month. It's an altar. It is called Mercy Encounter. Don't miss it. When this thing was being delivered to us, it didn't specifically say Saturday morning. We felt Saturday morning would be the best. When it was being delivered to us, I started seeing a lot of people in the church being lifted by the mighty hand of God. And I was not the only one that saw it. Now, somebody's here, two different people during the way walk up to me and told me what they saw while praying. The journey before this church is light, and God said that it will take my supernatural strength to take men to where I want to take them to. But there must be a meeting point, an arrangement, and it is something that must be done regularly. It doesn't matter, it can be once in a month. This one we've chosen once, it can be once in a month. But any barren woman who comes in for that meeting will receive the fruit of the woman. Those who need, who need a spouse, God, whatever it is, most importantly, people will meet God and their eyes of understanding will be open. That something will happen to people. They start living a supernatural life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Whether it rains or not. See, sometimes, many of you who have been here for a long time, you understand how many times have we stopped praying in this church by prayer? Too many times. You even saw the conference last month. He wanted to rain just once and then he stopped for six days. We've done that many times. One day at Big Trees, we were praying, Panama's Paul was around. He called me when he got to the airport. Rain was, and then we spoke a word. We just, and the rain stopped. Now, as he was going to the airport, if he didn't mention it, he, was, he said at the airport, it was only cat and dog. Yeah, there was no rain at Aginning BA. But see, at times we want to pray, and the Lord will say, No, don't stop the rain. Let people determine. Because we are not be called to Christianity of comfort. Because when you have an interview and there is rain, you are not going to call them and say, Wow, you know, American embassy, you know, it's raining. You know, can you reschedule my interview? Is that how, you, how, how it works? Or the governor tells you to call, you say, you, oh, you are about to resume annoying company's job. And they ask you to come 8 o'clock on Monday. And from 4 a.m., this heavy rain. I'm sure you will call Shell and be like, Shell, Shell. <laughs> how, how in a side now in the rain here <laughs> can we move the interview you don't do that you'll find your way at all costs yes Hello. we don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life you know um, after listening to God's word like this and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life it's an opportunity to come to him and 
It's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to implore you now to give your heart to Christ. And by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now. And I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.